So this next episode, I am um, have the pleasure of interviewing a ex-professional footballer from the Premier League, a guy called Liam Ridgewell. Part of my podcast, my mission is to bring you guests that have got, you know, have, have achieved a lot out of their careers, out of their, out of their profession and also out of their, their their passions. And um, what I love about speaking to footballers or, or athletes is, is um, their will to win. Athletes, I would say, have a bit of a double-edged sword. They're not only focused mentally, and you need to be mentally fit in business as a salesperson or someone trying to become an entrepreneur, but then physically, they need to be very, very fit, strong, powerful. And that's what I want to get out of this interview is talking about the mental strength as well as the physical strength, but then also life beyond football. I know Liam has um, got a few different business ventures, uh, including a place called La Sala, La, La, I think that's how you pronounce it, over in Marbella. Um, and he's also a part of a brand called uh, Thomas Thomas Royal, a swim, swimwear wear brand. So yeah, just talking about um, different goals, the, the the vision for the future, and I I know um, he's got definitely uh, goals and ambitions to get back into football as far as managers managing's concerned. Um, so I hope you enjoyed the interview, and always remember to be happy and never content. Welcome back to the Stephen Sully Study. Um, hope you've been enjoying some of the interviews recently, some of the episodes. I've got my next guest, Liam Ridgewell, next to me. Thank you very much for your time, sir, and coming down to Soho to, to Woodbury House. My pleasure, my pleasure. Um, I know I've been on your on your case for some time trying <laughs> to get you on board. Um, I've had a few footballers on the podcast. I try and interview as many sort of athletes as I can. Mm. So my background is in sales and marketing, and at one stage I had a sort of sales team of about 40 people predominantly men mm. and I always used to say to them if you want to become good at sales and have the right mindset look at some of the athletes mm. um, who have played at a very high level or boxed at a high level or fought at a high level because physically they are obviously put themselves through challenges but mentally they've got got, it, got what it takes to win mm. so obviously I know a bit about your your background and yeah. I wanted to sort of pull that out so people can get some motivation, inspiration, and maybe an education yeah. and help them sort of steer them through their life. So um, I like to talk about like at the grass roots when you first started as a kid. Yeah. Um, I know you're, I think you've ran about my sort of age, I'm 34, coming up to 35, you're 36, 36 right? 36, yeah, just turned. Yeah. yeah, in July, I think it is. <laughs> That's right, Done yeah. my homework. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when I was growing up, I'm not just saying it because you're here, but mm. footballers were the heroes. Yeah. Um, we didn't have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, the the internet wasn't really a thing back then. Mm. So when I used to pick up a magazine or I used to watch, uh, I know, the B BBC News, you, yeah. you would see footballers on there. Sometimes for really good things and sometimes yeah. for not so good things. <laughs> but we always were in awe of them because whether it was good news or not so good news, it yeah. was almost like, oh, these people like, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're traveling, they're, they're doing what they love. Yeah. And it, it was quite rare to actually contact a footballer, but now you've got the age of social media, it's, it's become a little bit more, more easier. Yeah. So what made you want to, to get into football and, and start playing? Wow, um, what made me just, I think just God, being born. I think, uh, you know, always wanting to get into football, always wanting to do it. And as you touched on, you know, there was none of the social media that made you want to be a footballer to have a big house, have a car, um, travel the world. It wasn't that. You know, I used to watch, you know, match of the day, pick up a match magazine, uh, you know, uh, do the sticker book. And they were the closest, really, that you ever got to a footballer unless you went and did a 
like a soccer camp. Now that's how I really got into it. I used to go down to Cholton. Uh, you know, mum and dad used to work, so they used to go down and drop me there with my sandwiches, go down to Cholton and, uh, and train down there and train every day. And that was the first real taste of sort of being at a proper training ground. And the first real footballer I think I met was Bob Boulder. Okay. He was a goalkeeper at Cholton at the time. <coughs> uh, I remember scoring a penalty past him. And that was the first real interaction of seeing a footballer, you know, people driving in and, and seeing him and train and things like that. So that was the real first time that I got to be able to be in that sort of world. And I loved it. And, yeah. And, and, you know, growing up, just wanting to be a footballer and, um, you know, had that dedication and mindset to really nothing was really going to stand in my way to make sure that I that I made it you know things do happen obviously injuries and stuff like that but I had the real mindset of you know what that's me I'm going to do that yeah it may affect my school work and you know obviously that's changed over the years but I think uh, you know that mindset really drove me on that's good um, what was it like when you first met like let's say a, a high profile player because mm. um, I know for me before again before I've, I've been in the world before social media yeah. and I'm now in the world of social media mm. and there's pros and cons to both and I would say back in the day maybe because I was a bit younger as well if I met someone high profile whether it was a footballer whether mm. it was a boxer yeah. whether it was a business person mm. you're kind of a bit starstruck yeah. but now you feel like you can almost it's not that you can contact all of them no, but yeah. you feel like they're, they're there all the time you can reach out and touch them exactly you know, instantly yeah, yeah. so what was it now. like when you first met someone because back then social media yeah. wasn't around no nothing and I think you know I remember being a mascot for Charlton one, uh, one game and it was against Liverpool uh, I think Alan Hansen was a skipper of the other a team I can't remember the skipper of the Charlton team at that, that point but that was my first real interaction and didn't really think much of it I was just a mascot for the day I didn't as as I stood you know as I think back now I didn't really know them players I just as, as being a mascot the first time I really uh, you know really met a big star certainly in the football world was David Beckham when I went up to United um, had a photo with him and that was real starstruck you know or sort of you in the presence of a sort of a superstar yeah. a superstar that did the same as me you know left London went and moved away and moved away from his family and I was sort of following them footsteps so to be around that company was uh, was amazing and uh, it sort of drove me on and um, you know within my life didn't really grow up knowing many business people didn't grow up really knowing many boxers or any other athletes it was just pure football the old man played football to a semi-pro standard so that was my drive and that's the people I end up surrounding myself with really. Yeah, I know I wasn't going to get onto this straight away but you, yeah. you touched on it. So it's quite a common thing that if people are pursuing a certain career in their mm. mind but yeah. they're still young and they're still at school, yeah. school can be affected. Yeah. And I feel sometimes, I've got a son, right? Mm. He's going to be two, so yeah. my only kid, yeah. uh, Mason his name is, and he's going to be two in November. Mm. And believe this or not when he goes to bed and even yeah. when he's asleep yeah. I know it's going to sound a bit weird but yeah. I, I talk to him whilst he's asleep and yeah. I say you're either going to be an athlete or a business right, person okay, yeah, now yeah. he could be anything he wants yeah, if, he wa if he wanted to be a school teacher if yeah. he wanted to whatever he wants right. to do yeah. I will support mm -hmm. but I'm trying to condition a little bit in, into his mind yeah, yeah. now I, I know sometimes when you focus on so much so 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 you're so determined that mm. other things can be sacrificed sometimes mm. yeah. so like any kind of advice that if yeah. someone's pursuing a rugby career, a boxing career, a football career, being an athlete, yeah. school is important, but yeah. how do you get that balance right? It, it, 
Listen, it is very difficult, and you know, I've got a 14 year old son, 11 year old daughter, and a two year old daughter, and you know, I go through the same conversations with my son. You know, he goes to sc- I used to go to school to play football, you know, and that, that's the way it was, you know, that's the way it was for me. And yeah, I, I learned and I still did my classes, but at 13, 14, I was leaving school. Luckily enough, the school let me go to, up to Aston Villa to be able to leave late early on a Friday. So I'd miss the afternoon, I'd, mm. I'd, I'd get given homework. Nowadays it's a bit different, you know, you have to be in a certain catchment area and you'll go to the clubs. But it did, it, it did fall by the wayside, you know, I went to school to play football and, uh, you know, look forward to break, look forward to lunchtime. Um, you know, but to kids growing up nowadays, <laughs> it's difficult because I went through it and, you know, my school work did, you know, it did sacrifice and, and I had to sort of not put it to one side, but I was more contra on, on, on the football side. But it is important. It is something that you need to really knuckle down on and get the right balance. Football will take over, absolutely. Yeah. You know, if you are really driven and you really want to make it, it will take over. But I think nowadays there's more set in place for players that don't make it uh, and, and help, can help them you know, if they do fall by the wayside. But you know, advice I would give is just... If you're driven and you're driven to do it, business, football, rugby, tennis, ballet, strive for it. Yeah. You know, strive for it. Give it all you got because there's one life, one chance, and you've got to, you've got to give it all you got. You know, some people will probably hate that because they'll go, well, what about this side? But that's the way I look at it. That's the way I've gone about my life. And um, yeah, it's tough to say sometimes and my 14-year-old boy will be watching going, well, you tell me different. But yeah. being honest, you know, that, that's, that's what it's like and, you know, you, you strive for it to make sure you can you be the best you can be. So, um, doing a little bit of boxing myself, mm-hmm. I had 10 amateur fights. I've uh, fought for the Queensbury League. I fought yeah. uh, last year and I was meant to fight this year and it, it got right. called off, sadly. Um, hopefully, you know, bef- before yeah. uh, the next few years I can get back in now. And so... A lot of the athletes I sort of, um, let's say, look at a, a lot of the time are, are mm, fighters, whether that's the Conor McGregor, whether yeah. that's the Floyd Mayweather, not just because they're very, very skillful, it's just because that, that raw kind of fighter's mm. instinct, and I know mm. footballers have got that as well. Yeah. And what Floyd Mayweather always used to say is, most other people look, look outside of the boxing ring, mm. and the reason why he was so successful, 50 and 0 and gross over a billion dollars, mm. is because rather than getting distracted by all this other stuff yeah. he focused on just his his, his craft mm-hmm. now i understand that in many senses it makes a lot of sense yeah. but then i think in modern day being a high profile person or let's say an athlete mm-hmm. you have to be more than just the athlete yeah. you have to be kind of a nutritionist because mm-hmm. you need to know how to look after your body yeah. you need to know i know uh you need to know uh finances mm-hmm. i spoke to i've had kieran richardson on my podcast mm-hmm. Anton Ferdinand, I've yeah. had a few other people. Yeah. And I've always asked them about, not about their own personal investments and stuff, but mm. how much education do you get as mm. an athlete uh, yeah. financially? Because I know I've seen it in papers before where a group of footballers in a, in a club might be attacked by a so-called financial visor yeah. and really they're being kind of scammed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you believe that's quite an important thing to get yourself financially educated? A massively important thing. And, and the, the <coughs> you know, being com- certainly coming up nowadays, the amount of money that they get given at such a young age, and that's where it comes important to have the right people around you. If your mum and dad don't know about it, that you, you pick the right agent, you pick the right team to surround yourself with, you know, like, like he's picked on, you know, Floyd talking about it. 
he had a team he had a team that you know looked after certain things and it allowed him to be able to concentrate on the ring now everyone doesn't get that luxury so when you do go out and you do you, you to help people to help you if you don't know a lot about it I didn't know a lot about it I still don't know a lot about it now but I know where you may be getting scams you know I surrounded myself off my agent I've still got now and that's been for 17 years and I'll still be with him you know for, forevermore and they've really helped me along so if you don't know a lot about it go out and speak to people that either do or either can help you surround yourself with certain people that yeah. can give you that right advice and now yeah you know sometimes it, there does come a scammer and you know it they come into a club and people recommend don't, don't you know my advice don't take their advice on it don't take the players advice you know go and do it yourself you know yeah. and 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 you know there's people out there that you know that there's there's good agents and bad agents you know don't surround yourself with people that just going to promise you everything don't do that you know because nine times out of ten it's not going to happen so you know go with the people that are going to go look we're going to do the best for you yeah but if you do the best you can do on the pitch or in the ring or doing this things will come to you and then we can help you along so it's it's a tough world when you when you get given money and you know you suddenly come into it it is tough so it is really surrounding yourself with the right people yeah i think you, you touched on something where we were saying this just off 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 camera but um now and also previously people would look at newspapers mm -hmm. look at the bbc sky they would look at social media platforms they would look at youtube and they just see oh a young footballer making mm -hmm. all this money traveling yeah. around the world you've got females or whatever you're into throwing themselves at you mm -hmm. and you're thinking oh they 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 live, live the life of luxury but actually if i'm not saying this is this is the same but let's say a footballer that I'm not saying they all come from nothing, but let's mm. say some of them come from, let's yeah. say, council estate and stuff like that, and they'll, now suddenly they're on 100 grand a week, for example. Yeah. It can be the same kind of affiliation to someone that suddenly wins the lottery. Mm. Yeah. And, and that, what most people don't realise, is a massive, massive challenge yeah. to get the money and know how to deal with it mm. financially, but also the mindset as well. Because you can see some people get the money and go off to Pluto and yeah. start acting crazy. Yeah. And other people actually go the opposite. They become mm. very, very depressed. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you manage the emotions like that? It's it's it's, it's a mindset and it's a difficult mindset because it can be a burden. Yeah. You know, you suddenly you start getting all this money, lottery winner, sports person, business person. Complacency. You know, complacency. Um, that, that yeah, complacency. Like you said, they suddenly get all this money and think, do you know what? I will. <coughs> it'll last forever. Or you know, this will keep coming the same way. It doesn't. You know what? Uh, if it does, then fantastic. But it, it's still a burden, and you've got to realise that this money might not last all your life. And that's why I talk about surrounding yourself with the right people and having the right mindset, realizing what you've come from or what what you've been. So now suddenly the money you've been given and and or sorry the money you've earned, you know, and uh, it's realizing actually now let's really sit down and, and look at it. Just don't you know first pay packet, yeah, that you know it, it's going to be spent. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy yourself, but really realizing who you've got around you the right mindset to take on that you've got this money and and this success and then take it from there so it, it like you say it can be a burden and some people they do go the other way and don't enjoy it you've got to have that right balance and it is tough and that's why i say i always say surrounding yourself with the right people is a is a real main key because it, it allows you to be able to perform at your job of what you're doing and then letting other people that you trust not totally letting them do everything, but letting them be able to take care of a lot of other stuff. And that, 
that does come from a mindset that you are you're an adult mm. you know and kids do get it at a young age but you've got to be an adult and you've got to grow up very quickly yeah um one thing that jumps out uh, when i was speaking to kieran his dad thankfully mm. um you know gave him that good mindset as far as uh, business and mm. assets are concerned yeah and he said look even in his first season they said consider this your last mm -hmm. because yeah. even though we're hoping it's not your last yeah. you could get easily injured it cool. could write you off mm. and you need assets to be paying you back and I think it's even the very very basic stuff which is liabilities versus an asset mm -hmm. assets yeah. Yeah. you know some people think that you might be a success because you've got a Ferrari, Lamborghini, a Bentley, a nice mm. big house, which yeah. is all lovely stuff and we all want that, yeah, especially yeah. as men from, yeah. from London. Of I mean, that's what we yeah, grow up yeah, to get. Yeah. But then recognising they are liabilities which are going to cost you a lot of money and if you're yeah. not bringing it in mm -hmm. after football or after yeah. whatever you're doing, it's going to start making you very, very stressful. So then investing into assets, so beyond football, beyond your boxing career, mm. whatever you've gone into, yeah. it, it's still paying, paying you back. Yeah, it's giving you a wage. It's giving you a wage to be able to give a wage to your kids, <coughs> you know, if, if it's ever needed. It's, it's to provide for the family. It provides for everything, really. And, it, and if you don't know about that stuff, like I say, surround yourself with the right people that can afford you that advice, whether that's in, in a house, whether that's in restaurants, whether that's in you know, clothing, whether that's in, in investing in stocks and shares, you know, it's, it's knowing what you want to invest. If even that's just into a pension, just, just doing the, like the simple things, just making sure it goes in there. I always, the one thing that I, my mum and dad weren't rich. They didn't, they didn't come loads of money. They worked hard for their money. So we didn't really buy housing, invest in stuff and doing this. I've never broke, broke, grew up with that. So my agent, when I joined them, that was one thing they said, we'll, we'll make sure that you are looked after as much as we can throughout your career and after your career. And that's why I talk about, I, I rumble on all the time about surrounding yourself with the right people. And uh, that's what they did. And that's what, that's what helps you along and, and sort of, you know, can steer you in the right path. Because it is, it's tricky out there. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a minefield, but you know, you just have to, uh, you know, crack on and try and make the best of it. Yeah. So obviously you're a footballer, so I want to talk mm. a tiny bit about your career. So like, yeah. what um, struck me straight away, which I was going to get onto, um, I know you was part of West Ham mm. uh, as a yeah. youth, yeah. and then you went to Aston Villa, and it seems to me most of your career before you went to America yeah. was affiliated with the Midlands. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so how come a guy who's playing at West yeah. Ham suddenly <laughs> goes all the way out there? What, what happened there? Yeah, um, I was at West Ham and... I mean, I was only speaking about this with my friend the other day. Um, at West Ham, obviously, schoolboy forms had, had gone. You know, obviously, we come to the end of it and it comes to YTS. Um, and a few clubs were sniffing around. And I took the opportunity to look around to see what was, was uh, beyond West Ham. You know, I knew West Ham, loved it there. And uh, obviously, they had a great youth system. But uh, Aston Villa and Man United had come up at the time. And I took the opportunity, which I told West Ham to go and have a look to see, see these places. Uh, went up to United, loved it, great place, met some fantastic people. Came down to Aston Villa and spent two weeks there. And it just clicked. You know, something just being there and seeing the youth system, similar to West Ham of how many players they brought through, and just loved it. Um, and said to the old man, I said, that's for me. You similar know. colour kit as well yeah it's just mad <laughs> it sort of just clicked into place and I yeah. thought do you know what that at, at 15 or at 14 I saw obviously we touched on uh, you know mindset I saw my path to the first team I didn't see my path to the first team at West Ham 
Um, they were bringing through youngsters, but I didn't see my path coming through there. And uh, I chose Aston Villa. You know, look, I, as a kid, I used to hang around the streets. I used to hang, hang around at the pant. I was around them from my mum's dad's house and be out from getting in from school until my mum would tell me to come home at, I don't know, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, um, playing football. Lads would, you know, smoking, doing drugs, and, and I was there with my football in my arm, and, and I used to do that. And I saw an opportunity coming up to 14 and 15 to get away, really, to sort of, you know, branch out, to go and live in digs, and as grow up as a man and, and I saw that path and I thought do you know what it, it's going to be tough but that, that's what I, if that's what I've got to do to make, make it as a professional then, then um, that's what I'm going to do yeah um, so obviously playing for uh, Premier League clubs and stuff mm. um, I know as you're I, I guess it's not suddenly you know you're, you're, you're a kid playing in the park suddenly you're on mm. you're playing for a Premiership first team no. and walking out there but of course even still you're going through this funnel almost mm. through the youth and everything else and being around these high profile people and then suddenly you make it into there yeah what is it like starting the first ever time for a premiership football club and walking out and then suddenly the crowd is all there you've got mm. thousands of people around you yeah, yeah. and there must be an element of excitement obviously mm-hmm. but then being also overwhelmed and slight anxiety would you say a little bit yeah i think i think that it, it does it does creep in i think the killer is the warm-up because <laughs> you get to the ground. Uh, listen, I went out on loan to Bournemouth, which was a great pedigree, you know, a great pedigree of a club, and it gave me that sort of insight into men's football. The good thing that obviously what we had at that time was reserve team football. You used to get first teamers come down from, you know, and you'd get to play against them, so you got that little insight. Yeah, we used to go and play Man United, and they used to have a crowd there. MUTV, they used to they used to put it on there, so you got a little bit of an insight and a little bit of a a taste. But you know, starting my first game, it was I just want to get out there. You know, it wasn't wasn't nerves. I didn't feel anxiety. I just thought I just want to get going. I want to have that first tackle. I just want to get out there and start and get into it in 15 minutes. Like I say, the warm up was a killer because it's like don't need to warm up I just want to put the kit on and go out but going out it was literally just go out and and again have that mindset of just show them show them what you can do you can't do anything more than your best you try your hardest you give 110 percent it's a cliche but you can't do any more than that and some days it might not be might not be good enough but at least you're showing the willingness to work hard um, and that goes with any form of life any form of uh, work that anyone goes into and if you give your hard uh, uh, hard enough then do you know what it, it'll, nine times out of ten it'll probably work out and um, that was my first walk, first thought you know walking out of Villa Park for Aston Villa was do you know what just endear yourself to the fans run around just work hard try hard and then everything else will come with it and do you know like um, so let's just say after after a while mm. you know you've really embedded yourself into that club you've become yeah. very very known you're on Sky and everything else mm. And then you go out to, let's say, a restaurant or you go out to a yeah. bar or you're going down the street and you're going to have, you know, you're going to have some people saying really cool stuff to mm. you and some yeah. people saying not so good stuff to yeah. you. What is that like and how can you kind of deal with that? I used to love the not so cool stuff. Because <laughs> does anyone kind of educate you, condition you or edu- coach you through them scenarios? Yeah. No, I mean, coming through, we had we had brief spells. I remember uh, Paul Merson coming in. He obviously was there at the time. You know, he's talked about his problems o- over his career. And uh, that was a real good insight into, um, you know, suddenly getting money, drinking, going out, 
um, you know, he sat there talking to us and, and, and broke down in front of us. And it was a real good insight, certainly for, you know, the youth team, you know, and I don't know how other people took it, but I really took it as I, it, it sort of, I just thought, wow, you know, that, that, that's what could happen if you go down the wrong path. Um, luck, you know, lucky enough for me, like I said, I surrounded myself with the right people. And, and when you do go out, you do get people, you know, they follow you to the toilet. They stand next to you in the toilet and they, you, you can feel them looking at you, you know, and they're waiting for you to turn around to say, to say something. You know, sometimes they're, they're waiting for you to go, oh, you were, you were crap and you were doing this and you're doing that. And you, a lot of times people, you know, that's how fights happen. You know, that's how people get into all occasions. Yeah. But, you know, obviously I had it just in my head just to sort of, walk past these people and just go all right mate yeah you know because it can be tough it, it, yeah. it is difficult and it it is difficult if you'd have had a few drinks not to go you want me <laughs> you know what you said you know what you're talking about <laughs> but i didn't and it wasn't worth it and lucky enough you know i had good friends around me to go look go away we'll talk to him for you or, or do this so it, it's again surround yourself with it but i used to love it you know it's something that you you look to do and, and you, you, it's something that you know most people are really complimentary and, and say well done and they'll buy you a drink or they'll buy you lunch or dinner and it's fantastic and uh, you know they're the perks of, of the job that come with it but uh, it, it, it can be tough and it can get people down. I think uh, as well like um, so I wasn't even going to go into this but it's just sort of dovetailed into it now which yeah. is this is kind of the reason why podcasting and stuff is quite mm. important because yeah. people get to know you for really who you are, Liam, yeah. rather than how mm. sometimes the media can, um, they can pull Betray up a kind you. of a, a yeah. fake narrative or fake persona of who, who you are. Yeah. And I, I, I've always had the same thing. I had Ahara Davis, right. uh, I interviewed in Boxer, yeah. Yeah. turned into a bit of a friend of mine now. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were to see him on some of the YouTube stuff and some, some of the other stuff he's done back in the day, mm -hmm. I mean, I've had, I've had people actually say to me, go, why have you had that guy on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's an absolute this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, as a person, mm. is such a, such a lovely guy. Yeah. And even he's admitted sometimes that he's done certain things mm -hmm. just to get a bit of recognition so he can go and get that fight. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the importance of, you know, building up your own profile, mm -hmm. that must be fairly important to you. A absolutely. I think, you know, when, like, like I say, and it, we, it was before the days of Instagram lives and Twitter lives, you know, <coughs> we, I came through with, there was none of, no social media. So you didn't really need to build a brand. As kids nowadays, they build a brand and, and build themselves up because they can earn money from, from that way or, or they can get into certain things that they've got passions for other things for, which is fantastic and that is a good platform. Um, but I didn't have that and, and a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of kids didn't. So you just played on a Saturday, went on match of the day on the night time, you'd watch it and then you know, you'd be in the paper and then you'd look at your ratings. Yeah. You know, a lot of people said they didn't look at them, but I did. I always wanted to know, so I'd always see that Daily Mirror or, the, or well, I won't mention that paper but the, yeah. uh, uh, News of the World <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you'd pull them up and go six or seven come on now I had a really good you know that bit of banter I used to love it but nowadays it is building a brand and people are looking people are uh, taking pictures videos so you, it's right to make sure that you are aware of your surroundings it has a bad, as, it's had a knock on effect I think boys can't really go out and enjoy themselves as much as they should be able to but that's the world we live in and, and that's where you've got to build your brand to make sure that you're not perceived in a certain way. You know, myself, I've been in the papers, I've been on the front, I've been on the back. And it is a shame because you meet a lot of people and go, oh, you know, you don't seem like that person I met. 
I didn't know you was from London. You know, I thought you was from Birmingham. You don't sound like a Birmingham lad. No, I'm from South London. I've always been from South... You know, so it, people don't actually read up on you or know you. They just see this person that went Villa, Birmingham, West Brom, thinking that you live in Birmingham. Yeah. Always live in Birmingham. I've had people on Instagram or, like, uh, you know, interviews I've done. Oh, would you be around for this interview? Yeah, absolutely. Where is it? Um, I know, West London. Well, okay, well, how long do you think it will take you to get down? I don't live in, I'm not from Birmingham, I don't live in Birmingham, I live in yeah, London, you know. Yeah. So, it, you know, that, that's just sometimes how it is and people, they, they don't know and that's how you buy these podcasts and buy doing interviews. People get to know you, that's the good thing about it and that is what is on offer to kids nowadays to be able to watch as many as they can because they can magpie and nitpick from things that are people saying and learn from them. Yeah. So uh, part of my, one of the other companies I founded was Chris is a part of who we're being filmed by is Mimboso, uh, right, Stand for okay. My Body. And so we've got a platform, we've, got, we've had investors on board mm. and we're looking to launch uh, fairly soon. And massive part of that platform is about mental health mm-hmm. right. because we believe that many of these social media platforms, even though they're fantastic mm. and I'm not going to knock, knock, knock them, yeah. they have become these giants where a lot of people have been dragged into like mental health issues, right. even if they don't realise it. Mm. I mean, I even think... I consider myself fairly mentally strong, mm. but even when you're a bit fatigued, a bit f- tired, and you get mm. pulled into an artificial world, it can yeah. affect your, your mindset. Yeah. And you yeah. ki- and then you sort of second guess yourself, think, mm. oh, how come I'm not at that level that yeah, that yeah. person's yeah. at? And that kind of thing. Part of Mimboso is we pride ourselves to be the first um, mentally kind of conscious platform out there. That's one mm. of our sort of uh, kind of taglines. Yeah. Um, something that people could relate to not being a footballer necessarily but just using social media because mm. you must obviously get like out out in the street people yeah. send you dms mm-hmm. and sometimes they might not be very very nice and they might no. hit on certain points mm. what sort of advice can you give maybe to a younger demographic mm. how how to deal with that you know the 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 mental health side of things with social media yeah it, it is tough and i you know we all we all look at it we all see it um and do you know what? Uh, uh, as as blatant and as stupid as and, and as sort of you know how I come across it is, it, it, <laughs> I, it, I say it to my kids. You know when they're say talking to their mates, just don't look at it. Try not to just just you know or talk to someone that that you, is someone that, that someone sent me this and 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 speak to someone your old man or someone that is around you. If there isn't someone around you, grab someone to just talk about it because sometimes. Keep it inside and just, you know, if someone says something hurtful, it does affect people. And, I, you know, it, it, it is hard. And I think it, it's difficult. Some people find it very difficult not to go back at people to say something. The way I go about it is on social media, if someone says something negative, says something hurtful, something that I don't like, I delete, I block, and that's it done. And luckily for me, again, I, I think myself as a, a mentally strong person, that's it for me it's done now to try and teach that it it, it can be a very difficult thing but I, you know it that for me it that it's not black and white but for me it, it, you know it is it's delete block you know get that negativity out of your life um you know draw I, a line in the sand and draw a line in the sand and go yeah. past it and and listen I, I get it is difficult and i get that it does affect other people more than it does other people and I wouldn't claim to know all about mental health and, and talk about it but that, that's it. that is for me that's how I deal with it it's just blocked they don't know me 
I don't know my family, they don't know anything to do with me. The people close to me, now if they say it, now we'll have a chat. Now we'll have a row, now we'll have a punch up, now we'll have a talk about it. I don't mind that, it's fine. But people that don't know you, don't know anything about you that can say harmful things, disrespectful things, and even things that about your life, about your football career, about your business career, they don't know, they don't know anything about it, they're just listening to people. So it's draw a line under it, delete, block, done and dusted. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, that's how, that's how I, I, I go about it. Yeah, I always, I've said this a few times on my podcast. My, my, my dad is from a very large family mm. and uh, was brought up in East Dulwich, quite a rough school. I think the school is yeah. now shut down. It's called William Penn. Right. And he always used to say to me, he said, see, back in the day, we used to have, a, have an argument. Mm. The teacher would actually sometimes arrange us to go into the boxing ring. Right. We would have a fight. Yeah. At the end of it, we would shake out each other's hand yeah. and that would be done. Yeah. Or we'd have it outside of school in a yeah. field somewhere yeah. and then it would be done. And with my kind of generation, mm. I know we're sort of fairly similar age. Yeah. It was kind of kind of like that, mm. but I would say it was maybe phasing out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. now it's almost like no, a teacher can no, never do that, or, right. or yeah. we cannot endorse mm. a fight. But yeah. you're not regulating what's going on no. with, with social media, and we've clearly seen from social media, let's say stars mm. or people that are maybe the YouTubers or people that got a bit, bit of profile, mm. they end up committing yeah. self-harm and yeah. sometimes suicide and yeah. I, I actually think from a mental well-being point of view they got it much harder because mm. going back in the day look I would be in, I could be intimidated by someone mm. I knew that that person I'm having a row with yeah, yeah. could probably beat me up but mm. at the end of it I knew it would yeah. stop be done and dusted. they wouldn't come back to me mm. you know yeah. they, they knew we had a fight and that, that would be the end of it yeah. now trolls stalkers whatever you yeah. want to call them they kind of home in on these vulnerable people and they yeah. and they start picking them apart and yeah. i just think it, it can be quite a worrying place for younger yeah, people absolutely and, I, and that's like i said i don't i don't claim to know enough about it i don't claim to be a mastermind about it um but it, with my with, with my kids someone's coming onto your instagram to say stuff if they're going to do that right delete instagram come mm. off it yeah i get that you want to be on it it's modern day and everything but if it's causing you that much that that many problems come off it remove yourself come bring yourself out of that situation now again i'm like i said i don't claim to know know enough about it but that seems a simple way of doing it to me and i i get that people have more mental problems and, and struggle with it more more than other people but you know that that's why I, I say to my kids if that ever happens you come and tell me you come and tell your nan your granddad your mum whatever and you remove yourself from it you come off it you delete it and you start up under a new one mm. you know then then whether they find that one you delete a new one. so it, it, it is tough and like you say celebrities nowadays you can get picked off by these trolls and they keep going you know media that's what drives them to be able to print a story and talk about it and, and put it out there and they don't realise what that's doing to that certain person because they're either not told or they don't really give. Uh, so it, it is a shame and it, it, it's the modern day and the more, the more education, the more podcasts, the more interviews, the more people can talk about it, the more people come out about it, uh, the better. And that's why I say about talking about it, if you are ever, you know, abuse, anything like that, talk to someone talk to someone that can listen uh, and help you along and come out and, and, and tell everybody else about it. Yeah. 
So being from London, then going to the Midlands, yeah. like in my mind, it, it seems like a bit of a, a culture yeah. shock slightly, mm. but then you went all the way across the pond to America. Mm. Yeah. I mean, how did that opportunity <laughs> come up and why did you take the opportunity and what was it like over there? Yeah, I mean, obviously I was trying to get back to London. I was trying to get closer to home, closer to family. Said to my agent, right, I'm going back to London. Just find me a London team. I'm not going any further afield. I was traveling <laughs> a little bit towards my end, of, my end of time at West Brom. The last year what didn't go to plan out the team and the club and, and myself how it wanted it to go and uh, my time came to an end at West Brom I went home I was turning 30 I went to Vegas as a lot of people do for my 30th birthday and thought right okay let's have a bit of a blowout this summer and um, I was a free agent uh, my agent rang me while I was actually I just touched down in Vegas agent rang me and said oh um, a couple of clubs are, are talking we're talking to this that Portland Timbers want to want to sign you. Um, I went. Who? How did they find out about you? Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, they. It. I mean, I've 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 heard of obviously the LA Galaxy yeah, and yeah, stuff of because, because of people like Beckham and that's that. right. And, yeah, yeah. and then you had I think Omri went to New York Red Bulls. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you yeah. start to hear about these teams because of the people that you I've, the players you recognise. They've gone to. That's right. Yeah. But when I heard about them, I was like, who are they? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously we didn't have you know Sky Sports weren't covering the MLS. You know they weren't covering uh, all, all these games. So I only knew about. You know, uh, LA Galaxy, New York Red Bulls. I think that was a, as much as my knowledge. They call it me anyway. Major League Soccer. Major League Soccer. soccer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Obviously, so we call MLS. it football. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's a tough one to get past. I used to say football all the time, and like, I just keep saying football. I'm like, because it's football. That's right. Ball, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was non-stop just just talk. So I I touched there in Vegas, and my agent went, "Oh yeah, Portland Timbers want to sign you." And I went, "Who?" And he went, "Portland Timbers. They're in MLS." If you look on the map right now, they're an hour and a half above where you are. So he said, look, take the time, the four days you're in Vegas, have a think about it and come back to me and let me know what you think. So I'm racking my brains. I'm looking up, you know, going through their Instagram and Twitter stuff and, and looking at the club. Um, I went, what do you think? He said, they're, they're gonna, they'll fly you up there from Vegas to come and take a look. I was like, do you know what? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not go and see see something and see if you like it if I don't I'll come home went there and loved it straight away met, met the manager met, met the GM he took me to a bar that was on the lake on a private lake where I ended up living and I was like you bastard he's <laughs> like what I said got a sign now and I'm sitting here with a beer on a private lake enjoying myself yeah. I've seen the ground see the stadium I've seen met a couple of the fans and, and saw their uh, how good they were it was like you know most better than most Premier League clubs uh, in atmosphere wise and thought I came home and the only heard I had to get over was seeing my two eldest kids were, you know I weren't with them I'm not with their mum so it was a, a chance to be able to speak to them and see if they were okay with it if they'd come out and as long as that would happen I'd go and uh, yeah it was uh, an amazing experience yeah I mean I mean there, there's I'm going really deep here mm. but the, the, the meaning of life isn't just one thing it's not just no. about money it's yeah, not just no. about your career and all mm. that kind of stuff but I, I do think a big part of life is mm. being able to travel and also to experience mm. different cultures yeah, and yeah. if you can do it with your career mm. and something that you're passionate about I yeah. mean it's many many yeah. many birds with one stone yeah um, and I've spoken to a few athletes that have gone to like considering playing for an Indian football club or mm. somewhere in the UAE or mm. America. Um, did you find other opportunities would manifest off the back end of being in somewhere like America in a completely different mm. new environment or was it kind of the same? 
It, do you know what? It was kind of the same. The reason, I, the reason I did it, I wasn't happy where I was. I wasn't happy within myself. I wasn't enjoying my football. Um, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy that season, the back end of that season. Um, and just, just didn't like where I was. I didn't like uh, what I was doing. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I wasn't enjoying football the way I should do. I ended up not even watching football. I didn't even watch football on the evenings and the weekends. You know, I used to watch cookery programs instead of lads are like, what are you doing? You know, you're turning this foot game off to put, I just didn't enjoy it. So yeah. I was like, right, do you know what? Something needs to change. And you talk about lifestyle and, you know, mental health and, and feeling good. Um, and that's what I, I wanted to do. I wanted to put a smile back on my face, um, you know, and sort of take something for me. You know, I'd played in the Premier League for, for that amount of time and the Portland thing came up and I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to go go with it. You know, a lot of people said, I'll oh, speak to this player, speak to him, speak to him about going out there. I went, no, I'm not doing that. So I'm going there with an open mind. I'm going there with a smile on my face. I'm going to go and enjoy it. If I don't, I'll come back after three months, six months. But it was the most amazing experience of my life. I met some great people and the organisation was fantastic. I still speak to them now. And uh, one that I'll be forever thankful for them actually taking me and, and giving me that chance to go out there. And it was, uh, it was an amazing experience that really put a smile back on my face. You won some stuff over there? Yeah, yeah. won the MLS as yeah. well, uh, Cup, which they hadn't done in their history before. Amazing. So, yeah, it was, it, it was one that I could really get my teeth into. I, when I first got there, I met the GM, the owner, and the manager. That doesn't normally happen. And you know. it, it could also ask, I mean, this is, this is I'm, I'm trying to ask this question because I'm thinking some of the younger people that mm. I'm hope, hopefully trying to inspire on this podcast, they might, yeah. ask, they might say to me, because sometimes I get a DM and say, why don't you ask him this? Yeah, yeah. Was money a factor? No. Did they ever say to you, uh, Liam, <coughs> look, you can have this or this, but is yeah. this kind of pay no, packet? Because no. you do hear about yeah. the likes, I'm a Chelsea fan, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know whether that's good or bad. <laughs> but I know people like... Um, Etu, yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, went to places like Russia, mm. and I heard he yeah. was on like yeah, getting a private jet, money. jet into like the stadium yeah. and yeah. or helicopter, and he was on like four hundred grand a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's have it right. Mm. I think money was a bit of a, a, a factor. Of course, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't blame him mm -hmm. because typically in a career, mm. in a let's say a normal career outside of sport, you have your best ever days, yeah. and then you taper off taper and you, off. You, you kind of you kind of have you your not so good days, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're just a part of the team, but you're not really playing, and yeah. you've just seen the last few years out. Mm. Now, you can go through fantastic pay, mm. and then at the last back of your career, you can get like, it's like a shot of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like massive a financial cash wallet. cash injection yeah, yeah, if course, he wanted yeah. it to. Yeah. So the likes of China and all these mm. other leagues which are trying to come up, they yeah. start to temp tempt you, especially if you're in. a bit of a, yeah, bit yeah, of a yeah. name. Yeah. Um, did that ever cross your mind? Listen, that, they paid me a good amount of money. I was a DP. I went there as a DP. Um, they brought me from the Premier League and I was one of, one what, of the what three. What is DP? D DP, you get three DP players, designated players okay. that they can pay you anything you want. Anything right. they want. And everyone else in the team <laughs> is capped. Okay. That's why the dynamic of the team in America could be very, very difficult because you've got some people that are not making a lot of money um, and a lot of people that are making a lot of money within the team. Mm. And you could be playing together and you could be expecting the, the same amount of performance for, out of each person to go and, and, and they're looking at them thinking, well, you know, you're not playing very good and you're getting paid a lot more than me. Um, so that, that can create a, a dynamic within the team in MLS. But listen, they, I was a DP, they paid me very well, but I'll go back to it. I was offered money here. I was offered Premier League teams here. 
I could have stayed in England. I could have got paid the same, if not a little bit more here. Um, but I wanted to put a smile back on my face. I wanted to enjoy football again. I wasn't enjoying playing in the Premier League. I wasn't enjoying my time. And I saw the opportunity to go out there to do something different and put a smile back on my face. And, and that is, that is why, I, why I've done it. Yeah, it's funny because um, I hear it more, because again, I'm more around boxers a lot of the mm. time. I've got a lot of my friends who are ex-professionals, who are professionals. A yeah. uh, friend of mine is part of the wellness company's Ruben Tabarez, right. um, who was in Dylan White's Corner on the weekend. So mm. I get to speak to a lot of affiliated boxers or fighters, yeah. and I hear it a lot where they say, I mean, even Ted Cheeseman, mm. I interviewed him and that podcast came out a few days before his fight and yeah. thankfully he won. Yeah. But even he was saying to me, oh, I just fell out of love with boxing. Yeah. And, and, and some people looking from the outside in, they could say, you know, you're in the public domain. Yeah. You know, you're doing what you love. Yeah. You're being paid all this money. You're getting all these endorsements. Mm. How can you fall out of love with it? Yeah. What would be your answer to those people to say, just like is it just like any job you can come complacent and you can almost like find your meaning almost? yeah yeah I, for me it was we we changed we changed manager and the manager the team wasn't the same you know it's like any form of job you could be working anywhere and a new manager comes in you don't may not get on with that manager mm-hmm. you may get on with them really well but don't don't enjoy the way they're running it they don't enjoy the way the team's playing you don't enjoy you know you're not playing or you're working or doing a different job and and that was it for me for West Brom. We were yeah, we had a, a good season, but the dynamic was changing. You know, the team we had uh, a lot of together players. We was all similar ages, all family spent time. Players were being they were going, and different players were coming in. It wasn't the same dynamic. It wasn't as enjoyable. I like to be in the training ground. I like to muck about. I like to enjoy myself. I like to have a bit of banter. I like to hang around and and do certain stuff and play pranks and just yeah. enjoy enjoy what you should be doing and I wasn't doing that and it, it wasn't enjoyable so that's why I say to people that yeah you're getting paid with this money but if you're getting paid with this money and you haven't got a smile on your face and you're not enjoying it are you really is it really worth it mm. are you really getting the best out of what you get like I said one life one chance you know make the most of it and make the most of it and try and put a smile on your face while doing it I get sometimes it's not going to be possible, but where you get an opportunity to put a smile back on your face and enjoy it again, I did it. I took it. Yeah. And it worked out. Yeah. I think there's a life lesson there, which is uh, if you're not happy with uh, your current situation, change your environment. Uh, yeah. And if it, I, I get that some people, you know, some people might be watching and going, well, I can't change it. I can't put a smile on my face because I'm doing this job to put food on the table for the kids and the, the wife and, and whatever they're doing. I get that. I totally understand that, and that is absolutely right. That you're providing and you're you're doing it because you're providing. But if you do get the opportunity, don't let it pass you by. Try and give it a go to try and put that smile back on your face because it might lead to something else. You know, don't think, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can. You can. It's worth it. You you can do it. I've travelled all the way across thousand miles to America and left two kids behind to go and put a smile back on my face to them make me happy to enjoy my time again with, with the kids not that I wasn't but it put a smile back on my face and they loved it as well <clears throat> so if you get the opportunity try and take it wicked I want to hold you a bit of a broad question here mm-hmm. um, going back to being just a footballer not mm-hmm. talking about the branding and yeah. endorsements all that kind of stuff what makes a really good football player if you're mm-hmm. American a soccer player yeah yeah right. <laughs> cool what makes a really good football uh, of course a tough one uh, do you know what? I think it, 
For, for me, it's just, it, it's someone giving their all. It's someone that's invested, someone that's really sort of, you know, 100% every single week, 110% every week, and every day sort of, it, it, it's like I say, it's just such a tough question to, to answer, but it, it's being invested, it, it's giving your all. And like I say, some days you might not be at your best. You might not be able to, you know, make a pass, do this and do that, but it, it's trying and keep trying and, and giving your all. Because if you're not giving your all, it's going to affect somewhere else in the team. So if you give yourself your best possible chance to give yourself, you know, to, to work as hard as you can and give your all, I think that's what makes the, the probably yeah. best possible Yeah, and being p- p- predominantly a, d- a defender, yeah. Yeah. Um, I typically think of them as being, you know, strong, mm. kind of f- bigger players in comparison to your midfielders or yeah. even your strikers. Mm. So being a defender then... Mm. Um, strength conditioning mm. power tr- training and then also nutrition mm. I mean how important as an athlete how mm. important is what was that for you and how important actually is it still for you as you're growing older um, Paul, it, what was it for me I'll be honest it wasn't that important at all uh, I may be one of the lucky ones the family mates wife hate me for it I can eat drink don't really make a difference to me really I could do as many weights as I possibly could I still wouldn't get much bigger may get a bit more tone but really don't make a difference to me nutrition I used to have fish and chips on a Friday night before a game <laughs> didn't really make a difference to me but uh, what I would say is it is a big thing um, it is a you know even though I didn't do it it is a big thing you know nutrition's a big thing you know the strength and conditioning the big thing I'd say about is 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 more from an injury prevention you know the things that you can you can do just to make sure that you stay fit you'd be able to train every day play every single week that's where it, you know not heavy weights weights on the move things like that I think is, is, is a bigger thing and it, it's more it's come more into the game and certainly through the youngsters you know and again talking about social media platforms they are able to see these superstars doing it they can replicate what they're doing just make sure you don't you know the heavy, weights aren't too heavy and uh, so it is a big thing in, in this modern world modern day world but being honest, it didn't really make a blind bit of difference mm. to me, <laughs> and it still doesn't now. But obviously, I, I watch what I eat a little bit more now, and and what I take, and um, you know, uh, I, it 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 does help as, as you get older. Yeah. Well, I think what you just said there is really really important, which is about I think I think you said about recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, this is just me educating myself as as time has gone on, but. Rather than taking the ibuprofen, which takes away information, yeah. take a lot of ginger or turmeric mm, because yeah. that does the same thing, but it's natural. Yeah, yeah, and rather yeah. than try and jump to this medicine or this yeah. paracetamol or that, mm. try and find foods, mm. superfoods mm. that can actually benefit your body and prevent injuries or prevent yeah. or help you recover or prevent you from getting diseases or, or yeah. illnesses. Even though we're not going to talk about this now, we're yeah. obviously in an environment where this corona type virus yeah. is around, Absolutely. and more than ever, mm. look cutting out junk food cutting out yeah. things that are going to make your body inflamed yeah. mm-hmm. is important and touching on the mental health side of things we are a big believer believers at Mimbosa that food affects your mindset uh, absolutely and um, like I said that, that's me being honest I've, I've, I've never had to worry about it um, my wife now is a massive believer of it you know and she she won't go to a doctor she won't you know take paracetamol she believes again and then I was instilled that into me about eating eating right eating healthily you know it makes you feel makes you feel good you mm. know eating junk food what it does to your brain into your mindset into your body 
you know, it, it brings you down, you know, and, um, you know, over the years, over probably the last two, two and a half years, three years, I've, I've really started listening to her and, and she sort of instilled it into me. And it, it, it does make a, a massive effect. And, you know, it, it's something that we bang on about a lot and you hear a lot of people talk about, it, but it's some, finding something for you that works for that individual person and making you feel good about yourself and not just not just taking a tablet. You know, I used to used to used to do it myself, you know, injury, you know, you feel a little niggle, you take a tablet just to make sure that you don't feel it again and get through the next game. There's so much more out there, like you say, the superfoods that can help that and give you longevity and make sure you feel good in yourself. Yeah. Um I know you've got a shoot soon, so I want to ask you a few more mm. things. So, like now, football is 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 at an end. Mm. Uh, I know you're enjoying yourself with the family and stuff. Yeah. I, I follow you, you know, yeah. travelling stuff, and I know you like to play golf. Yeah, I know you're also how I got to know of you mm. more so was through your swimwear brand and yeah. also your other businesses. Mm. So, what fuels your time? Is it is it business? Is it more family? Is it the golf what yeah I mean right now it, it, it is it, it's more it's more golf it's more family um, I'm doing my badges to be a manager but obviously I've got things that I've invested in over the years La Sala uh, a restaurant that's out in uh, Marbella that funny uh, enough we're yeah. doing a show uh, right, with okay. Porto Romano right. with uh, these black and white pieces including that one over there right. it's called the Nightlife Show Richard Hamilton is a bit of a plug now mm. um, on the second and, and second third and fourth at the owners private uh, the owners club in Porto Romano we're doing the right. show over okay. there so I know that place right. very yeah. very well very very I yeah. mean lovely place invested in it cool way back when now and um, doing well doing very well yeah there's, a, there's quite a few of us in it you know um <laughs> as a few footballers it came from my agent who started it up and something that I invested in and, and done very well and again I wouldn't have invested in it unless he had unless he put his money in I wanted to see him put his in before I put mine in surround yourself with the right people seeing the right things doing the right things and you know things. some things don't come off but been fantastic you know swimwear company that we started six years ago Thomas Rawl um, with JT on that with JT and Sam Saunders um, you know, we've stepped away a little bit from now, and, and Francesca, my wife, is doing most of it now. But something that we, you know, look on, see what she's doing. Um, you know, it was a, it's a fantastic venture that you know myself and Sam, um, when we started it, it was something for afterwards. You know, people were doing caps, tracksuits. We didn't want to do that. We'd done all the pool parties in Vegas, and we were thinking we were seeing people wearing Nike shorts, Adidas yeah, yeah. shorts, and thinking, "Hollow Bar Browns." Come on now, that. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Real McQueen, all Bar Browns, the swear yeah. words in the yeah. industry. And I thought, we thought, come on now, you know, people are getting into the this fashion side of when they go to pool parties, when they go to the pool, they're, they're styling themselves as much as when they go out. Of course. So that's what we took into our swim Looking shorts. Looking good, to to, glasses on, good yeah, shorts and good watch on. Good watch, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and we wanted <laughs> to, to have be a good able body. To, that's right, yeah, yeah. try it. Superfoods. <laughs> uh, and try and take it that you went from the swim pool to the bar, to the pub, yeah. to the restaurant. And that's how we tried to adapt the Thomas Royal brand and the swim shorts in, in doing that. So, yeah, it's been a, a great venture. Like I say, obviously myself, John and Sam aren't involved in it no more, but Francesca, my wife, uh, took it over and, and is doing it. And... Um, you know, it's just great to see people. I was in Turkey uh, two weeks ago, walking around uh, um, Help Beach out in Turkey, and there was a geezer wearing Thomas Rawls over the side. And it was, it was amazing. I went over to him, I was like, all right, mate, Thomas Rawls, and he looked at me and thought, yeah, like, why are you yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me? Obviously, I didn't say much more, yeah, but yeah. I was like, oh, you're a nice one. So, uh, 
you know a great thing to obviously you know be, was part of to start up and, and to see it you know rolling on a lot more yeah I, I, I said to you my friend Jack Bankman who owns Green for him in Sunningdale he was mm. one of the first people I know ever right. stopped in I bought yeah, a yeah. few pairs from there yeah. and it was it's really 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 cool and I think your, your missus Francesca mm. via the Thomas Rawl um, Instagram mm. she directed me to another affiliate company to deal with ketones yes yeah that's right and yeah. I, I went on a 10 yeah. day 14 day yeah, challenge challenge yeah. and yeah, it was yeah. really really cool yeah. so just for the audience what's that company yeah. called and what's that, that about? yeah so that's ketones I, I mean obviously listen i like i said never used to eat or drink that well didn't really affect me through my career but obviously I, as i've got older um you know francesca has got involved in ketones now ketosis is you know putting your body into a certain state to you know you know it, uh, take the right body fat off you and, and, and take the right fat off you and, and put yourself into a state that takes you way back when before you started eating junk food and, and sort of all that crap now obviously again I don't claim to know all about it but take it myself it's been an amazing product that I've absolutely loved um, she done it in secret behind my back uh, she's tried a few certain things and I used to just mug her off saying stop you're wasting the money you know stop doing that will you mm. but uh saw her one day walking down the garden i was like you look all right and she went what do you mean i look all right of course I look all right yeah. and i went no no you look like you look you look like trim and do you lean, know what? Yeah. lean trim the other thing that she she really looked like was not that she didn't have a glow before but she looked very happy she looked really sort of and i thought oh i might have done that she went no no been taking this ketones this drink for the last five days and it, it, it's been amazing i struggle with my sleep and my and my energy and uh, i've been taking it for that and it's been an amazing product that i've never recommended anything to my friends throughout my career because i never took anything but recommended it to my friends and they've they've been taking it and, and absolutely loved it so it's a uh, it's been a great product it's only been going five years out of america and through australia and it's just hitting the uk at the minute so it's uh it's going very well, so uh, it's an enjoyable product to be part of. Wicked. Um, like I said, only a few more questions. Uh, so like over the next five or 10 years, Liam, mm. um, you've achieved so much in your, your career and mm. obviously into business, you've got your family now, which is phenomenal. And I'm, an, I'm a new dad myself still, yeah. Um, yeah. which I know that chapter is an amazing thing. Mm. Where do you see yourself? What goals have you got over the next five or 10 years and, and beyond? Yeah, uh, goal is to man manage, manage in the Premier League. You know, uh, I'd love to be able to be able to uh, pick my wits. You know, obviously I've played under a few managers, well, a few, uh, a, a load over, over my career and, and I felt like I've learned so much. So I, I want to be a manager. I want to uh, try that and uh, see if I've got it. You know, uh, if I can uh, pick my wits against the best and, and uh, look into that. So hopefully over the next 10 years, you know, 10 years time, hopefully I will be managing. You know, it's something that I strive to do, something that I've, you know, sort of mindset again, going back to YTS days, you know, feel like I'm starting all over again, learning and uh, trying to make pie off everyone I can to, to learn as much as I can and um, strive to be a manager. And, um, and uh, I look forward to trying to do it. Nice. And anyone not necessarily getting into football, but mm. into business or following their career. I mean, as, as someone that people have looked up to and mm. seen as a role model, mm -hmm. some people might see you as a hero to them. Mm. What kind of advice would you give people who are planning to get into something and they're going to go physical challenges, mental mm. challenges and the ups and downs of that career? What, what is your... Being very focused, being very, very focused. Don't let outside influences 
social media, friends, you know, girlfriends that you're not with or, or, or dumping and things like that. Be very, very focused in what you want to achieve. You know, have that goal and just don't let anyone else deviate you from that goal. You know, um, like I say, I left London to go to Birmingham. I had my mum standing on the edge of the doorstep crying, not wanting me to stay. You know, I could have easily gone, do you know what? You know, my mum's crying, I feel really bad. I'll, I'll, I'll just come back, I'll come back home. It didn't, it, it affected me, but it didn't affect me. It was mm. something that I wanted to do, very focused, stay on that path. You may have setbacks, you know, sports, you may have injuries, business world, you may, something might not work to start off with, but be very focused in, in what you want to achieve and, and don't let anybody or anything deviate you from that goal. Amazing. Last question. So my catchphrase, my sort of tagline is be happy, never content. Right. Yeah. I developed it when I started in sales many years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I got my own interpretation on it. Mm -hmm. If I were to say to you, to tell the audience, what do you think be happy, never content means to you? Be happy, it, it, be happy in, your, to, in yourself to, to me. I mean, that, that strikes out a lot, a lot to me. Obviously, that's why I went and changed my life to go and to make sure I was happy and never content never content means to me never to stand in one 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 place don't be just content in just being unknown uh, in one place doing one thing and just getting a pat on the back for that strive for more strive to be the best that you can be and uh, and be the best that you, you you give yourself that chance so it's uh be happy, be content. Yes, yeah, a very good slogan. I like that one. Be happy, never content. All right, <laughs> nice one, Liam. Thank you very much Thank for your you. time, sir. Cheers. And it's Appreciate been an honour. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Cool.